Polarsbury, in the heart of the Midlands of England, was not a particularly exciting place for a six-year-old boy, or anyone else for that matter, in 1767. About 800 people lived in the town. They were mostly humble folk, like William's parents Edmund and Elizabeth Carey, who ran a small business in their tiny cottage from which they barely made enough money to feed their growing family. William's parents were both weavers and spent their days and a good part of their nights weaving a woolen cloth called tammy, which was then sold to middlemen who traded it in London. At least that's how things had been up until today. But today, things were going to change. Today was the day of the flitting. Everything in William's life was about to change, and William knew it. Flitting was the 18th century name for moving house, and as he stepped inside the cottage, William found his father and the church rector carrying the family's sturdy table and chairs outside into the bright summer sun. As they did so, William thought about all the changes his father's being appointed the clerk of the Church of St. James the Great would bring. The Church of St. James the Great was part of the Church of England, the only religion officially recognized by King George III. William was most excited about the opportunity he would have to go to school. Up until this point, it had been out of the question for him to think of attending a private school. There wasn't enough money in the house to buy new shoes for everyone, let alone to pay for schooling. In England at that time, there were few free schools. As a result, most villagers did not know how to read or write, and most of them had little need to anyway. Thankfully, though, the town of Pollersbury was different from most towns. Two very rich men who had grown up there and then moved away to make their fortunes in London had sent back enough money for the church to set up a free school in the village for twelve children. Since Edmund Carey was to be the new church clerk, William was given one of the places in the school. Of course, while attending school, he would be seeing a lot of his father, since one of the clerk's duties was to be the schoolmaster. William's father's new job also meant a change in housing, hence the flitting. Up until then, William, his four-year-old sister Anne, and his parents had all been squeezed into the two tiny rooms that made up their weaver's cottage. The loom had filled nearly all of the downstairs room. From a young age, William and Anne had learned how to play around the loom while avoiding their parents' elbows and knees as they operated the weaving monstrosity. But now they would be moving out of the small, damp cottage at Puri End on the western end of the mile-long village to Church End across the bubbling stream that divided the town in half. There, they would move into the house that came with their father's new job. This house was a two-story thatched cottage with two fireplaces and four lattice windows in the front. Compared to what they had been living in, it was a palace. The move came just in time, too, because William's mother was expecting another baby any day. While there was no room for another child, not even a tiny baby in their weaver's cottage, the new house was much bigger, so much so that William was going to have his own bedroom— he would be one of the few children in town who had a room all to himself.
Of course, William knew exactly how he was going to fill it. Even at six, he had collected more things than most adults do in a lifetime. Not things that cost money, but natural things from all around him. He would go on long walks in the royal Witterberry Forest that grew to the edge of the village. He loved to wander under the enormous oak trees looking for crickets, worms, birds' eggs, and butterflies, which he could add to his collection. If he saw an unfamiliar insect, he would dive into the hawthorn undergrowth to capture it. Some of the things he found were dead, and some were alive. He brought them all back home and kept them in little wooden boxes and cages his father had made for him. As he carried the washboard and the leather bucket along the road to his new house, William planned out how he would arrange all his treasures in the new bedroom.